Daniel chapter number three, look at verse number one. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province. This was a big deal to come to the dedication of this image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon, the greatest city the world has ever seen. This was the largest, richest empire that the world has ever seen. Verse 3, Then the princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, and all the rulers of the providence were gathered together into the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood it before, they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then an herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of people, nations that have been, that have been conquered and captured and, and absorbed by the Babylonian empire. Old people, nations, languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, heart, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship shall that same hour be cast into the midst of a what, church family? A burning. Fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, the languages, they fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said unto the king, to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man uh, that shall hear the sound of the cornet, fluke, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. Verse 12, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over. Now they're blaming the king for, for putting these guys over stuff. He said, who set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, then brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Is this really the case? And look at what happens here. Verse 15, now, if ye be ready, at what time ye hear the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psalter? I mean, this is very specific. Ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast at the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? That was a dumb thing to say. Look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. These men are not just talking to a mayor. They're not just talking to a, a governor or a president. They're talking to the emperor, the king of the world at this time. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. And then verse 18, but if not, but if not. Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. The form of his visage was changed against Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it wont 
to be heated. In other words, they heated it hotter than it should have been. And he commanded that the most mighty men that were in his army to bind them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. And these men were bound in their coats, their hose, and their hats, and other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace was exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach. They, got, they were too close and they got burned up in an instant. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished. And he rose up in haste and spake and said to his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said, Unto the king, true, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see how many? I see four men, loose, walking in the midst of the fire, but they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like, I love this part, the what? The son of God. As we begin this new series, you can't handle this next week, really. This I mentioned is a pre-message. I trust that these messages to come will be an encouragement as we go through our lives and Life hands us the unexpected. How many of you, as you look back this past year, even without COVID, we've been handed unexpected things this year? What do we do with these things? Certainly, life brings the unexpected, the unpleasant, the unwanted. For the Christian, the unexpected, the unpleasant, the unwanted isn't for nothing. It brings into our life an opportunity to see God working in our lives. May we decide, like these three Hebrew children, may we resolve, in the message title of the day, but even if he doesn't, even if God doesn't do what we think he should do, even if God doesn't answer the prayer that we think he should answer, we'll continue to serve God. May we resolve. Father, I pray that you'd bless the message today. Remove our distractions. Help us to focus on your word. Help us to make a decision today to resolve ourselves that no matter what, Even if you don't, Lord, deliver us like we know you can. May we continue, Lord, to stand firm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We've all in some time or another suffered loss. The loss of uh, sometimes is sudden, just like that. Sometimes the loss is something that we cannot control. It's a phone call. It's bad news. We There was no time to pray about it. There was no time to worry. There was no time to stop it. It just happens, and things like that happen all the time. Sometimes loss or unexpected things are, uh, uh, sometimes loss is long coming. The slow deterioration of a loved one. The Our health worsens over time, and Perhaps it's the demise of a relationship that we've been praying for, the breaking point in financial pressure or or the losing of a possession. Sometimes things happen quickly and sometimes things don't. And oftentimes we pray and we pray and we pray that God, like Paul, would remove the thorn out of our flesh or he would fix the situation. And many times God doesn't do things the way that we think that he should. Sometimes hurtful times come and go. And in our limited understanding, we Look at God and we think, God, what, what was that about? Why did you allow that to happen? What was the point of that? It doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't answer my prayers. I think about this incredible story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three young men who undoubtedly had already suffered so much. If you don't know the story, these were Jewish young men 
who were taken from their homeland, possibly their families killed. They were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar and the empire there, the Babylonian empire, and they were taken from their homeland into another place. They were given another name. Uh, Many scholars believe, and I believe you could probably prove this, that these men were actually made eunuchs and they had a very difficult, uh, strenuous life in service of another country. They had already been through so much. They'd already seen so much, but here they are again being tested for their faith. An image is raised. God in an image, Nebuchadnezzar the king. They had already suffered so much, and here they are. They're going to, uh, they're going to raise this image up. And Nebuchadnezzar tells uh, the, 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 the kingdoms there, you have to bow down. You have to bow down. And so they're tested once again in their faith. The music played, and with a hurried rush, everyone else around them, like a, like a, you could almost feel the wind from the bodies, the masses of people dropping to the ground, firmly pressing their foreheads to the ground as to not make a scene. They don't want, they don't want to be known as, as a rebel rouser. They don't want the fiery furnace. And so they, they press their foreheads against the ground as hard as they can in obedience to the king. But not these three men. They stood like weathered stones against the wind, they would not bow. I remember this story when I was a kid in Sunday school. How many remember this story when you were in Sunday school? How many didn't learn this in Sunday school growing up? About half and half. I remember hearing this story as a kid, and I thought it was the most amazing story. I remember seeing flannel graph. How many remember flannel graph? <laughs> flannel, never mind, I'm not going to explain flannel graph. Anyway, I remember seeing those images and thinking, wow, that's amazing as a kid. And, and it is an amazing story. I mean, uh, these men, they stand against the king and, and they will not bow down. And of course, you know the story. There's an amazing deliverance. Jesus Christ, uh, uh, we call that a theophany when Christ shows up in the Old Testament. And we know that Jesus Christ is eternal. When Christ was born on the earth, it wasn't the first time he existed. He had been, he's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. So Christ shows up there. The Son of, uh, of God shows up there, uh, Jesus Christ, in the fiery furnace. So we know the story. It's an amazing miracle. But something else caught my attention this time around. Verse 17 and 18. It said, if it be so, these men, they respond, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. They knew that God was able. It wasn't a question of their faith. They knew that God could do what God said he would do or God could do anything. They knew that. And they said that. We know that he's able to deliver us from this furnace and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. They said one way or the other, God's going to deliver us from you. Verse 18. But if not, you notice that? But even even if he doesn't deliver us, even if God chooses that we go into that fire and we are consumed, we will not serve thy gods. We will not worship the image which thou hast set up. These men had faith that God could deliver them. They believed in God. They trusted. And by the way, that's the same God that we serve today. So lest you be weary or lest you be worried, we serve the same God. I said we serve the same God. Some of y'all don't believe that today. I said we serve the same God. We serve the same God. Teenagers, that's the same God I serve. Get on the right side here. (laughs) What if God's plan for me is not to answer my prayer? What if God's plan is not victory? What if God's plan is not a miracle? What if God's plan is not blessing? What if God's plan is not healing? What if God's plan is not safety? What if God's plan is not life? 
What if God's plan is not recovery? You see, we have this twisted mindset that if God doesn't do what I think he should do, then he's not God. If God doesn't do what I think he should do, then he's an unjust God. Listen, sometimes God's plan. You tell those Christians around the world who've had their heads sawn off about blessing. You talk to the martyrs who were dragged and and fed to lions. You talk to them about God answering prayer. What if God's plan for you is suffering? What if God chooses not to deliver us? Will we continue to stand? What will we do if they shut churches down? It's hard-pressed to get Christians to come to church when it's comfortable. What will we do? What about your life? What will you do if God's plan isn't to answer your prayer, to not heal your wife, to not let you recover? May I remind us all today, my grace is sufficient for thee. May we, like these three men, decide, but if not. Even if he doesn't, Brother Asprelli, we will continue to stand. Now, I have three practical things for you. Say, Pastor, I get the emotion. I get the, I get the truth here. Let me give you three things. Three things. Now, please, I'm asking you today to just focus on the message. Three things, quickly. Number one, keep serving. What do we do if God doesn't deliver us the way we think? Keep serving. What do we do if God doesn't answer our prayers? Keep serving. I like what these men said, verse 18. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not serve thy gods. In other words, what he's saying is, we're not serving your gods. We're going to keep serving our gods. Keep serving. That means, hey, listen, And when no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, keep serving God. You see, we live in a sin-cursed earth. We commit sin. Others commit sin. Sometimes that sin curse. Uh, uh, causes things to happen in our life. The sin-cursed earth, there's disease, there's natural disasters, there's distress, there's destruction, there's the sin nature of mankind. All of us in this, all of us here this morning know that letter A today, trials are universal. Every single person in the room today, there's not one person immune to trials. We're all, we all suffer trials. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Quickly, please. 1 Peter chapter chapter 5. And I'm talking to a people today who've been through trials in your own life and you've suffered through things. I know people here today, you're sitting here and you're in pain. And you've been praying for years that God would take away that pain. I know there's people here that are going through all kinds of issues and trials. And I don't mean to minimize those things. It's a universal thing that we suffer through trials. Look at what Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 6. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your what, church? Care. Casting. See, we, we have somebody who we can cast our care upon. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that, the, notice this, the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. What Paul is telling this, these people here, as you suffer things and as you go through things, recognize today that all, all of us, it's universal, are, are, will suffer, will suffer in some capacity or another. Trials are universal. We are not immune. Verse 10, but the, but the God of all grace, who hath called us to his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect. Notice this, what? established, strengthened, and settled. You see, when we go through things, when we go through trials, it's not to knock us off, but to help us to stand even the more firm. How many of you have been through some things in your life? 
If you get through those things and you have faith in God and you go through those things, you are stronger in the Lord than you were before. And all God's people said, amen. amen. It's like weightlifting. You don't just go to the gym unless you're me and you, go, you just lift whatever you want. No, I'm just kidding. Well, when you go to the gym, you don't just go in and start lifting heavy weights. If you do, you're going to be real sore. You start and you build and you get stronger and you build. When God sends trials our way, he builds us. He helps establish us. He helps us. You see, I think these three men, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they were able to stand that day because it's not the first time they had been through a trial. They had been through many trials, many heartaches. And so they determined, why, why bow now? So Christian, I want to challenge you today. Why bow now? Why now? Why bow now? No, no, no. Stay established. Oh, I love verse 11, 1 Peter 5, 6, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The trials we face and we suffer are universal. No one escapes them. But I noticed something interesting here. Letter B is that these trials are universal, but specifically in the life of these men, this trial was a trial by ultimatum. It was a trial by ultimatum. Notice verse 11, And whoso falleth not down and worship, that he should be cast in the midst of the fiery furnace. These men were given an ultimatum. Worship the image, turn your back on God, turn your back on your beliefs, turn away from God, and turn towards the image or die. This wasn't just a benign trial that they had to endure. It was an ultimatum. You either worship or you die. Oftentimes in our life, we are given ultimatums. Sometimes we're in a relationship and the ultimatum comes. It's either this relationship and we know it's not right. We know it's not the Lord's will. It's either this relationship or we cut that relationship off and we choose God. Yes, we suffer when we cut the relationship off, but we have faith that God will heal our hearts and help us move on. The ultimatum of a job, we get this nice job and it's a great job and we're making great money, but it's keeping us away from the Lord. It's keeping us out of church. It's keeping us from serving God. And we see this job and we think this is a great job, but, but we, it's an ultimatum. Either we quit the job or we stop going to church, the ultimatum. But we need to recognize today that if we quit the job, we need to have faith that God will help us with another job, a job that both allows us to go to church and make our living and serve the Lord like we know we're supposed to serve the Lord. You see, we're faced with these ultimatums all the time, a friendship that we know is not of the Lord. It's either that friendship or it's our walk with God. Uh, and there's many other things. And yes, losing relationships is painful. And yes, saying goodbye to friendships are painful. And yes, quitting a good job that uh, we wanted to have some, to many people doesn't make any sense. And to us, we get uh, worried about finances. But at the end of the day, if we have faith in God and say, okay, God, I'm going to forget these things and I'm going to have faith in you, don't you think that God can take care of us. God allows unexpected trials to come into our life. And we can't possibly understand that sometimes. Why would God allow this? We get brought to an ultimatum and it's almost like God is forcing us to choose. Will you choose God over that relationship? Will you choose God over that friendship? Will you grow in faith and recognize that God can take care of you if you choose God over that job? Unfortunately, many Christians fail this ultimatum. They decide to stay in the sinful situation. They decide to, uh, to continue to move farther away from God. They don't, they don't pass this ultimatum. They fail it. They choose this over God. But may I say, you'll never regret choosing God. When you choose the Lord, you grow in your faith. And you grow, and sometimes God does that so that we can grow in faith. I said, sometimes God allows that so we can grow in our faith. 
But many Christians, they flip the ultimatum on God. Well, God, if you don't do this, I'm not serving you. God, if you don't answer my prayer, I'm done. God, if you don't come through for me, if you don't give me what I want, then you can forget me serving you. We flip the ultimatum on God. I love the response of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, oh, but if not, God. They didn't put an ultimatum on God. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, if God doesn't deliver us, then we will bow down to your gods. No, they didn't do that to God. May we as a people of God, even if he doesn't deliver us the way that we think that he should, even if he doesn't uh, heal the way that we think that he should, that we will still keep serving him. Let me give you number two, keep singing. Keep serving, keep singing. I, I try to make it memorable. <laughs> keep serving, keep singing. Let's say that, ready? Serving, One more time. Keep serving. You know it's illegal for us to sing in church right now. That's not a joke. We can, we're going to keep singing. Keep serving, keep singing. Keep serving, keep singing. Notice what they said. But if not, be it known unto thee that we will not serve thy gods, nor what? Worship. They decide they're not going to worship somebody else's God. What that tells me is they're going to keep worshiping their God. And may I say today, determine in your life to keep worshiping God. Keep worshiping Him. Take your Bibles go to Acts 16, verse 16. Acts 16, verse 16. I need to hurry. I need to hurry real, real quick here. Acts 16, verse 16. I'm going to start reading. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. Paul, Silas are in a city here. They're walking through the town. They meet this young girl who's possessed with demons, and she's able to tell people's futures. Verse 17, And the same followed Paul and Silas, crying, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And her master saw this. Their hope of gains were gone. They caught Paul and Silas. They drew them into the marketplace they brought them to the magistrates. These men, being Jews, do exceeding trouble our city. They teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither, uh, neither, uh, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitudes rose up, rose up together against them. The magistrates rent off their clothes, and they commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the farthest part of the prison, the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas started crying and weeping and complaining and telling the Lord, why did you allow this to happen to us? No, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises and the prisoners heard them. This is such a, an amazing illustration of how to respond to trials. See, Paul and Silas, they go to the city preaching the gospel, trying to do a good thing, spreading the good news. They meet this girl who they have compassion on. They cast the demon out of her. They're doing a good deed. And instead of being heralded as heroes, instead of being lifted up for their good works, they are thrown into prison for it. They're so, uh, so distraught by not getting recognition, and they're so distraught from not getting a pat on the back or being recognized by the church, they just started singing praises of God in prison. Moms and dads, grandparents, may we not model a shallow, sickly, surface religion. Teenagers, may we not model a shallow, sickly, surface religion, but a real love, a real commitment, a real relationship with Jesus Christ. May we have the commitment level that even if he doesn't, we'll keep singing and praising him. How many of you have been through a hard time this year? Keep singing. Keep singing. 
Have music in your home. It'll help lift your spirits. You're praising God. I love verse 25 of this chapter. The story doesn't end there. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, sang praises, and the prisoners heard them. Not only did these men keep serving, they kept singing, and they wanted everyone to know uh, who God was, and they, they kept singing, and they kept singing, and guess what? Somebody heard them, a Philippian jail, a jailer, this rough, burly guy. You know the story, an earthquake came, and you know the whole story, but because these men kept singing, and kept praising God, someday you will meet the jailer in heaven and his whole family. I know many have quit church because of a virus. I know many have quit church because somebody said something to them they didn't like. And I know many have quit going to church for all kinds of different reasons. But may we have a commitment towards Christ that's a little bit more real than that. May we not have a shallow commitment. Church is not just an activity. Prayer is not just an activity. Bible reading is not just something that we do. It's a real commitment and a real relationship with Christ. Keep singing. Keep worshiping. In the face of trials, may we keep what? Church, number one, serving. Number one, number two, and lastly today, may we keep searching. Look at verse 24. We're back in Daniel chapter 3. And I'm done. I'm, this is a very short point here today. Keep, keep serving. Keep singing. Keep searching. Look at verse 24. The Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. I love that word. He was confused. Astonished. What? I, can, you, can you picture in your mind this, this king in all of his purple robes and gold and the crown and the whole nine yards? Can you imagine him standing up out of his seat and squinting to look inside of the fire? Astonished. I can almost hear him say, what? Do you guys see that? <laughs> Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose up in haste and spake, and said to his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loosed, walking in the midst of the fire. They have no hurt. And the fourth is like the Son of God. Here's the exciting part. Here's the encouraging part. Take your Bibles and go to Psalms 139. We read it already today. We read this chapter today. We started with it. But here's the encouraging part. Listen to what song, in the context of the message now, listen to what David says again. Look at verse 1. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down are not acquainted with, uh, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and hast laid Thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful, it is high, and I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from Thy Spirit, or whither shall I flee from Thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, Thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, Thou art there. Here's the encouraging part. When you're going through a deep trial, keep searching. You're going to find Jesus is there with you. You're going to find God in the trial. You're, going to, and you're going through a hard time. You'll find God there in the trial. Just keep searching. I don't feel God. I don't see he's here. Keep searching. You'll find God. He'll be there in the trial. There's nothing you can go through. There's not a deep enough valley you can go through that God will not be there with you. 
Isaiah 41, chapter 10, says this, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am what? With you all way, even unto the end of the world. Listen, my friend, today, in the middle of the fiery trial in your life, you're not in the fire alone. In the fiery trial of your life, you're not in the fire alone. Even if he doesn't answer your prayer the way that you thought he should answer your prayer, he's still going to be with you in the fiery trial that you go through. Keep searching. Keep searching. Hey, listen. You may not be able to see him right away, but others will see him in your life. You may not understand why God led you through what you went, but others will come to you. See, I saw God in your life. I saw God working in your life. Thank you for staying faithful. How many know somebody in your life that went through a deep trial and you're glad they stayed faithful? How many of you have ever failed? Oh, I have. I've failed. But listen, my grace is sufficient for thee. Listen, today, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how deep of a trial you're facing today, but I know this. If you stand firm, if you keep serving, you keep singing, God will show up. He never left, actually. You just got to find him there. Why? Because he never leaves us. He doesn't forsake us. Rather, he suffers with us. May God allow us to walk through the fire of the trials of life. May we keep serving through the fiery trials of life. Let's not quit on God when things get tough. May we keep singing through the trials of life. May we keep praising Him, even if He doesn't do what we think He should. May we keep searching for God in the fire. Church family, I just want to leave you with this thought. You are not alone. You ever felt alone? Raise your hand if you ever felt alone. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> the struggles I've seen. We go through these times, and boy, it's, you ever been there? God was there. You're never alone. I said, you're never alone. I want you to say it. I'm never alone. I'm never alone. Say it again. I'm never alone. One more time. I'm never alone. You go through the trial, you're not alone. God is there in the fire with you. So how will we respond, church family, as we face these, these trials, these ultimatums, unexpected items that come that we weren't expecting? They just happen. Long time suffering that we keep praying, God, please take it away and please take it away. And it doesn't go away. How will we respond? Will we say, even if he doesn't, I'll keep serving him. Even if he doesn't, I'll keep singing and praising him. Even if he doesn't, I'll keep searching for him.